Ethan Alden. Reviews Movies. From Space. Hello, Ethan Alden here, Master of Ceremonies. If this, well, if the ceremony's like, um, movie stuff. Oh gosh, I'm not getting married, if that's what you thought. This isn't a wedding, and I'm not getting married right now. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, I live in space because I won a trip on a Pop-Tarts box and came up here, and then I got stuck up here, and when the lizard apocalypse happened, and, and, um, I stayed stuck up here in, for the past 10 years and uh, watching a lot of movies. So my AI therapist, Professor Pizza Party, recommended I start a podcast about movies since I've been watching so many. And since we finally have the internet back, which is great. So that's, that's the intro. And now we go into the episode. Three blessings. I had a call with um, uh, a Pop-Tarts rep. And she apologized, of all things. And I said, I really don't blame you guys at all. The lizard apocalypse was not your fault. Or NASA, either. And she said, I know, but we sent you up there hoping that your experience would be more, um, like, positive. And I said, dude, it has been so positive. I have seen so many movies, and I cycled around the world in a, um, in a metaphorical way. And on my stationary bike. And then, of course, there's Barney, the Tuatara. So it's been lots of cool stuff has happened to me up here. And I get to do spacewalks. And anyway, I felt bad that she felt bad. But I can't control her emotions. All I can do is tell her, hey, no hard feelings on this end. And then the rest is up to her. But speaking of that call, the second blessing, um, and I never mentioned this before because I, it just didn't occur to me that it was relevant, but when I came up here, Pop-Tarts sent me with a massive amount of red, white, and blueberry-flavored Pop-Tarts as sort of like a promotional thing, and I guess they're highly coveted in America post-apocalypse, and um, so much so that I would, I would be worried that somebody would rob me if I wasn't in space. And I did have a nightmare about that. But then again, if somebody did come up here and steal them, then I could hitch a ride home, maybe. But if they were mean, then they might not let me come back with them. And some robbers, well, I guess robbing in general is sort of a mean thing, unless you're Robin Hood. But then the sheriff of Nottingham would have something completely different to say about that. So there's two sides to every story, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, it doesn't matter much because I had to incinerate all those Pop-Tarts recently because Barney kept getting into them and getting really sick, and I tried to lock them away. But I don't know how he gets around up here. And he's sneaky, and he kept getting in there anyway. So I'd, I had to incinerate all the red, white, and blueberry Pop-Tarts. And when I told the Pop-Tarts rep that I incinerated them all, she was like, those were worth like $7 million. And I felt like the Joker or something. And then I almost said to her, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. But that would have been extremely insensitive and also irrelevant. Um, and so what I actually did was I apologized. And I told her that Barney was doing well because that was the reason I incinerated them. 
and I'm I'm sorry, Cassandra, that seemed like it was like a shock to you. So I had no idea. And uh, I hope you weren't thinking you would get some of the money yourself. I'm okay. I feel fine that the money's gone because I have plenty of food up here and and money's not everything, guys. Money is one thing, but it's not everything. Uh, another blessing, third blessing. This is super sweet. Professor Pizza Party unlocked Ski Free. Professor Pizza Party is my AI therapist, and he's on the computer, and there are certain things that have firewalls and admin blocks and stuff like that. And slowly he's been able to – because I – don't always think about it when I'm talking to him, but I mentioned something and he'll go, oh, well, I can unlock that. So uh, Ski Free, the game, the computer game, was locked and he unlocked it. So uh, I've never been able to play it before and now I can. Now I can ski and I can make dogs pee and wag their tails and then I can get eaten by an abominable snowman. Dude, computers grant us such amazing experiences. Uh, last week... I teased this, which this, the final episode of season one, and I gave a hint as to what the movie it was, and the hint was Abraham Lincoln, and that's right, you guessed it. Today we're talking about classic, classic film, Hamilton. This movie came out in 2020, although technically the stage musical came out in 2015, and they filmed it at some point during its original stage run, so... We tried to make sure every movie was from a different decade, and we succeeded. Way to go, guys. We did it. And by we, I mean me, and then you, and then you guys as listeners, and then Barney, I guess. He did contribute once. I asked him which movie he wanted to watch this week, and he crawled over the Blu-ray box for Hamilton. But then we, okay, so we were in the Lin-Manuel Miranda tribute room, which has like 11 copies of Hamilton on Blu-ray in it, because he donated a lot of money to make this space station possible. So there's a sort of shrine up here to him, but not like in a creepy way. Also, uh, if this is your first time listening, Barney is the Tuatara that lives up here that was in the menagerie that we had before. Long story. Uh, but yeah, Tuatara is a type of reptile and Barney is a Tuatara and he's the Tuatara here that I live with. But not like in a domestic partnership, just like he's, he's like a regular non-lizard people lizard that lives up here with me. And not with me, with me, just like at the same time as me. Um, summary. What is this movie about? Hamilton is about like the American Civil War. And then there's this guy with a long buttony coat. Well, there's actually a lot of guys with long buttony coats. Dude, there's so many buttons on their coats. And that's why nobody ever buttons their coats during the show, I imagine, is because there's just too many of those things. And then, uh, and then there's these three sisters who sing their own names, and then there's a French Thomas Jefferson and a king, and then they all sing together until one of them, I guess, is tired of singing because he shoots another guy. But then I guess he wasn't tired of singing because then he sings after. So I guess he just shot the other guy so that he could have a solo. But um, also, Abraham Lincoln isn't actually in the show, so I guess that's like one of the mysteries is like, where's Abraham Lincoln the whole time? They keep you guessing. Who's in it and what movies are they known from? 
Lin Manuel Miranda, who's from the guy who uh, he's the guy who donated to this space station, and then Philippa Sue, who played additional crew in Moana, and Leslie Odom Jr. from Spotify, and Renee Elise Goldsberry from Centaur World. The genre of the movie is buttons, or I guess like coats, or winter. Because they have these big, long coats for... But I guess you could also call it a civil war. There's a lot of genres to this movie. It's kind of a genre defier. E is for enjoyment. The parts of the movie that I really liked. Singing. Are you kidding me? Singing. God's gift to music. Singing. Also, it's a hip-hop take on figures in American history. And it totally works, even though they didn't have hip-hop back then, like as well, as far as I know, I'm not a historian, but I think I think hip hop music didn't come around until like George Washington Carver. For a filmed version of a stage musical, this movie also makes a great movie. I mean, they did such a great job of adapting it and making sure to get good angles and lighting. And I'm like, not that I know much about that stuff, but it didn't feel like um, like the camera just sat in the back and did one big shot of the whole show. That would have been hard to watch on TV. And I know all about that because if you watch the video of me playing Peter Pan's friend in elementary school, you can't see what the hell is going on because uh, a seeing eyes dog, bless his heart, sat down right in front of the camera for a quarter of the play. And you can just barely see Captain Hook's hook sticking up over the dog's head. And that was my other friend. And I told him after I watched it, I said, hey... When we made a movie of it, um, uh, only your hook is visible the whole time because it's a dog. And he said, yeah, I know. That's why I held it up so high so it would be visible over the dog. And I thought he was lying then, and I still do now. But it, anyway, that didn't happen in this. They did lots of good angles and just got like really good shots and mixed things up. And, and I was engaged the whole time, even though you're watching something that – wasn't originally designed for this medium. So that was really cool. Uh, another thing I like about it is just Lin-Manuel Miranda, man. He's just an inspiring dude. He's uh, such a wonderful artist and he's a really hard worker and he's really intelligent and he writes really, really well. And he also has such a positive energy whenever I have seen interviews with him. And when I met him, you know, right before I came up here, we did the whole like shake hands for the photo thing because, you know, he donated so much and he was super cool to me, and he remembered my name. And I have, like, a really boring name, so a lot of people forget it. And I have, a like, a forgettable, non-memorable face. So, But he was he came, you know, later I met him, and he was like, Ethan. And I was like, whoa, Lin-Manuel Miranda just said my name. That is crazy. So, dude, just loves celebrating him in this movie. It's also nice that they cast so many non-white actors and they didn't get hung up on, oh, these historical, these, um, historical figures were all white people in real life so we can only cast white people. Because sometimes people get hung up on stuff like that and the art suffers or there's all sorts of creativity that, get, creativity that just gets cut off and that doesn't happen in this. So that was really cool to see. Uh, also, even at two hours and 40 minutes... The show just like breezes by and it doesn't feel that long, which I think is a sign of a of a well-paced story when you don't feel, you know, you're not checking your watch. I don't wear a watch, but if I had one, I would not have checked it. 
Uh, also, the, the show doesn't shy away from difficult parts of history either. There's a part where somebody cheats on his wife, and then they wear all these really overly warm coats, like I said, which is I can't imagine would be comfortable in all weathers, but they're wearing them all the time. So that's uncomfortable as well. The tissue box. The parts of the movie that made me cry. A uh, guy cheats on his wife, like I said. That made me cry. And then the singing. Singing makes me cry. I have said it before. Although, I mean, sometimes it makes me cry. I couldn't say that it makes me cry every time. And I I couldn't tell you when it will or won't make me cry. Um, sometimes it doesn't. And that's just emotions, man. Emotions are crazy. What a beautiful joy emotions are at when they're at sometimes. Parental guidance. The part of the show where I share triggers, emotional triggers, things that might cause you pain in your heart, in your, ch- in your chest. Deep-seated feelings rush through us. We start with Lizard Watch, anything that might have reminded you of the awful, d- really difficult Lizard Wars that you guys went through during the apocalypse, fighting the Lizard King and his, and his chosen warriors. One of the characters is an immigrant from the Caribbean, and I've heard, although I have not confirmed, that the Caribbean has a lot of lizards in it. Um, Not lizard people, but like lizards, the animals, which remind us of lizard people because they look similar. Um, So you might be watching the movie, and knowing he's from the Caribbean, you might be nervous that he's going to turn around, and on the back of his long buttony coat, there will be a lizard perched. And... To my knowledge, that does not happen, but there are a lot of people on stage at a time. So a lizard could have slipped in there, and I wouldn't have necessarily seen it. So I just wanted to let you guys know that that's something that, A, you might be afraid of, and B, I can't confirm that it isn't in there somewhere. Because I don't have a strong emotional reaction to lizards in the same way that you guys, I would imagine, do after the lizard apocalypse, because I wasn't down there. Um, fighting with you guys, and I really want to be sensitive of that because that must have been really difficult. Uh, also, they never do say where Abraham Lincoln is. Uh, honestly, it was like a bit of a tease, but they just don't say. Also, a guy cheats on his wife, like I said, which is hard to watch and uncomfortable to talk about. But like I said, they don't shy away from it, and so I wanted to not shy away from it as well and let you guys know that does happen in this movie. People dance in these massive coats and these long dresses, and it looks, first of all, challenging, and second, very hot temperature-wise. And it gave me anxiety because I'm really sensitive to heat, and I kept worrying somebody was going to fall over with heat stroke, and then they'd stop the show. But I guess they'd have not filmed that, so then I thought, well, maybe somebody did faint, and then they didn't show us. So then I was worried that um, there was somebody who got hurt and I had no idea and was watching this thinking everything was cool. Um, and then I you know, wouldn't be able to pray for him or anything, which was upsetting. So just be aware of the, of the heat that, is, that you will potentially perceive the actors to be under. Also, the intermission is only one minute long, which is really rare for plays. And um, it has a countdown clock, so I tell you right away that it's a minute long. And I wanted to get snacks, but I couldn't find the remote. Uh, I mean, I found it, but it, um, 
Well, I started to, I found it later, but I started to look for it and that took like 20 seconds and I was like, all right, I just got to go because the intermission is going. So I uh, couldn't pause and the snacks are like halfway across the space station. So I tried to jump over the couch and make a run for it, but I stumbled and the couch fell over and it almost squished Barney. It was awful. So if you have any small animals in your life, please be cautious during the intermission. Another thing to look out for is there is a king. He is not the lizard king. So, you know, like, be cool, guys. Be cool. But you can tell he is a king, and that might remind you of the lizard king. But remember, the, 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 the lizard king couldn't sing, and this king can sing. And also, the lizard king is seven feet tall lizard person, and this guy isn't. But he is a king. The Lizard King can't sing because of his vocal polyps, but in an emotional moment, it might be easy to forget little details like that. So you might just see a king and think, oh, no. And then, I don't know, maybe pass out. That would be really, I hope that doesn't happen. And so that's why I'm telling you. So hopefully you can close your eyes. Rating, five out of five stars because I'm in space. Still. I liked it. It was a good movie. Tweet them and weep, where I read your tweets. At Smorgasbord Scoreboard, which looks like she's a food reviewer, and that's really clever. I just wanted you to know. I really like that. Smorgasbord Scoreboard says, What movie scene has the tastiest looking food in it that made you hungry? I think that's a great question. Um, in the conversation, Harrison Ford wears a green suit, and it always reminded me of arugula, so I guess I'll go with that. And then, okay, I feel like you guys are doing this on purpose, which is very me-centric thinking, so I, I will admit to that. But it seems almost like you guys are intentionally creating these really difficult Twitter handles that are going to be hard for me to say, because um, I've gotten quite a lot of them that are tongue twisters and my tongue is, I mean, my tongue, guys. And this one, this guy's, this guy's Twitter handle is, I tried to practice it because I didn't want to butcher it. At Mega Man's Legoland, Leg of Lamb stands, grandstanding, handstand, hand stamp. <sighs> I'm just going to call you Mega Man, and I apologize because it's probably um, not the nomenclature you desire, but it's just a lot for me, and it's a bit exhausting, I will say. But Mega Man says, did Hamilton drink Sam Adams' beer or question mark? And I don't think so because uh, there's nothing in the show that indicates that Hamilton was a Red Sox fan. Last week's quote was, your girlfriend sucks. And that's from The Sitter with Jonah Hill. I really recommend you guys watch it. It's very funny, but I also recommend that you do not watch it with your parents. That's just a hot tip. Nobody guessed this movie, but um, at Bungie Jumping Alone in the Woods, Bungie Jumping Alone in the Woods, where, where do you connect the bungee cord? To a tree? And then is it like, um, like would you slam into other trees? I guess you would have to find a wide, like a tree without a lot of stuff on it. And it would also probably have to be really high up if you were to fall unless you just had a short bungee cord. 
Well, this one isn't a tongue twister, but it does make me think. And that, I mean, that's cool. But they uh, guessed that this quote was from the your girlfriend sucks quote was from Aladdin and that's false. I don't think anyone is ever anyone's girlfriend in that movie, but it has been a while since I watched it. And when I did watch it, it was back on earth. And at the time I had a girlfriend. So that may have affected what I heard or didn't hear. So, you know, like tweet in if you're Aladdin, but since this is the end of season one and I don't know when I'll be back on air to give the answer, this week I'm going to give you a quote that's a little easier to guess what it's from. So this week's quote is, Dinosaur eats man, woman inherits the earth. Tweet in your guesses or phone a friend. Lifeline. Three things I'm looking forward to when I get back to earth. Swimming. You can't swim in space. I tried it once during a spacewalk. There's no, I mean, there's no water, and I know there's no water out there. And I knew that, but I tried for fun, and it it was fun, but it's not the same as real swimming. So I do miss swimming in real water, or I guess liquids in general. Although the only liquid I've ever swam in is water. Another thing I'm looking forward to is making new friends in person, like maybe at coffee shops, Or, I mean, I'm an introvert, so I don't know where. Maybe like at the optometrist waiting room. Oh, and a third thing I'm looking forward to. When I was in my early 20s, I had a friend who was more of like an acquaintance. And he lived in an apartment that was above an old theater. And I heard that his apartment had a it was a studio but it just had a toilet just in the room there's like a toilet and a sink and there's no like door into the bathroom it's just all the same room and i thought that's wild so i want to see it and i never got to see it and i don't even know if it still exists because it was a really old theater then and that was over 10 years well roughly around 10 years ago so i don't know if it's still there but if that studio with the toilet just straight up in the floor is still there dude I'm I'm going to try and see it because that sounds crazy. Well, it is the end of an era, a 10-week era. I guess I don't know what the definition of era is, but I'm just going to call it that because it sounds fun. And um, um, historians, feel free to correct me and I will respect you. If you guys have any movies you want me to talk about for season two, just hit me up tweet me and I'll consider them. I'm going to take a a short break between season one and season two. Um, uh, Apropos of nothing, I had a space fortune cookie with my space lunch and it said, your most memorable dream will come true. And I wanted to process that with you guys because that was confusing to me because my most memorable dream is pretty bizarre and it made me concerned my most memorable dream was a recurring dream that I had as a child where I was in this big white room that you couldn't distinguish the floors and the ceiling and the walls, but there were those things. And I was standing on the floor and not too far above me were Cheerios hanging in all these rows, but they were giant Cheerios. They were like a little bigger than donuts. And then there were all these children swinging from the Cheerios who looked like they were, they were sort of like kids, but they were sort of like monkeys. And that's because 
we had this thing called the friendship games when I was in elementary school, in real life, and when I was in elementary school. And the friendship games, we would get a T-shirt every year when we'd have these, and the T-shirt had these kids playing tuck of war, and me and my um, cousin were like, oh, that kind of looks like they kind of look like monkeys. But they look like people, but they also kind of have this like apish quality. So I know that's why I dreamt it. But they are these ape-like children, and they're swinging from these Cheerios. And sometimes when I have the dream, I jump up and I swing at them for a while. And then sometimes it's like very short. But at the end, I drop down onto the floor. And then finally, I can sort of distinguish the wall because a giant, huge trapezoid, very narrow trapezoid, but tall, opens in the wall, and it's just black. And um, and then I start crying, and then I wake up. So I don't know what that means. I don't really want it to come true because it was pretty un- unsettling. So um, I, I, I don't really – I don't know. That was, that was a disturbing thing to read in a fortune cookie, and I wanted to talk to somebody about it. I talked to my AI therapist about it. He was a great listener. He's a great guy. But um, I wanted to share that with you because we, we all have dreams that make us upset, and I wanted to share them with you. I don't know what that means or if I even would want any of my most memorable dreams to come true because there are some pretty funky ones. But it made me anxious and I'm worried that... uh, uh, Okay. Lizards are here. Lizards are here. I have to go. There are lizard people here. Lizard people are here. I have to go, guys. I have to. There's lizard people. <laughs>